Coming up. How much of God's word have you hidden in your heart so that you don't live according to another standard, so that you don't sin against God? We need to hide God's word in our heart. This is part of the reason why we need to commit it to memory. In order to do that, you got to read it. And then to commit it to memory, you got to read it over and over again. And then you need to meditate on it so that it'll be committed to memory and in your heart. These are things that we got to do because we want these new travelers to dominate the old. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We may not want to hear this, but all human beings are often motivated by things that aren't very good. Whether we accept it or not, there's evil in our hearts. Thankfully, when we let Jesus Christ take the lead in our lives, He can regenerate our motives. Join us for the message series, Travelers from the Heart, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn help us to examine the things in our hearts that motivate many of our actions. Here's the fourth message in the series, Who Are the New Travelers? Part 4. And then this gets played out in a negative sense here in Matthew 19, 16, and 17. Look what it says here. And, and this is the, uh, a, the a reflection of the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus to talk to him about something. Look what it says. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Y'all see that? <laughs> so here's this rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying, uh, what good thing? One of the other gospels calls, he says, he said to Jesus, good teacher. <laughs> yeah. Right. But he says, what is this good thing that I can do? Remember, goodness is active goodness. So he's wanting to activate goodness at least what he thinks is goodness. Mm -hmm. And 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 this is what he's asking. And he, he believes that if I activate this goodness, if I do this good thing, then it will gain me eternal life. Mm -hmm. This is what he's thinking. Yeah. Look how Jesus responds in verse 17. Why do you ask me about what is good? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, why are you asking me about what is good? He goes on to Jesus reply and he, Jesus goes on to say, there is only one who is good. Okay. So he's telling him, if you're trying to, if you think you're going to do a good act to get good, you're dead wrong because there's only one who is good. And that one is capitalized. And that one is capitalized <laughs> and that one is God. Amen. He's the only one that's good. So if we going to get any sense of goodness, is going to have to come from God. And we made that point earlier in the series that the new heart, the new travelers of the heart, they come from God. That's God stuff, right? Everyone, that's why these are called fruit of the spirit. Those are, that's God stuff. God is just being gracious enough to bestow upon us, to implant in us a new heart with some new travelers that's, that have qualities of him. Amen. And so if you you think you're going to get good because you do something good, you're only going to get good if God gives it to you. That's right. 
It has to come from God. And then that's why Jesus goes on to say here, he says, there's only one who's good, who is good. If you want eternal life, keep the commandments, keep the word that God gave. And that's how you're going to do it. So again, it came from God. It's this word, this good word that came from God, that if you do it, then you can obtain uh, goodness. And we know the story. Jesus told him to sell all of his stuff mm-hmm. and give it to the poor and then come and follow him. And the scripture tells us that he walked away sorrowful because he had a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> right. So he didn't really want to do what it took to get good. He just he wanted to get good on 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 the on the on the down low. He wanted to get good uh, the cheap way. He wanted to get good on discount. Mm-hmm. And it don't come that way. And he walked away and he never got good because he never got God. Mm-hmm. He never accepted God. That's what happened. But I want to share with you also that this goodness is different that we're talking about than kindness, which we talked about before, and gentleness. It's not quite the same unless we're going to see an example of it here. Look at Matthew 21, 12 through 13. It says this, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of the of den of robbers. Mm-hmm. I want to declare to you that what Jesus did here was good. It wasn't gentle, but it was still good. So I, I want to make the point to you that don't confuse goodness with gentleness. Those are this is different things. You can rebuke somebody ex- and exemplify goodness. Jesus turning tables over. It was good because he's told you why he was doing it. And he and he was doing it for a good reason. He says, because you are turning the house of God into a house of robbers. Mm -hmm. The house of God is supposed to be a house of prayer. And he turned the tables over. So sometimes goodness doesn't come in a way that you would call gentle or even what we might call kind. But it's still a fruit of the spirit because it's upholding the things of God. And Jesus showed it there. So sometimes that's what it takes. That's the fruit that needs to be shown is a fruit that I'm going to do what's good for you, but it ain't going to feel good. But it's still good for you. And we've all experienced that in life. Things that don't feel good, but they're good for us. If you need to have surgery done, the doctor's going to cut you. It ain't going to feel good, but it's good for you, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, that knife won't feel gentle, especially if they don't use enough anesthesia. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At the dentist's office. Yeah. <laughs> so goodness. And then the seventh one we want to mention here is righteousness. Righteousness. 
And what righteousness is, is living to God's standard. Mm -hmm. It is the condition that is acceptable to God. That's what's right. What's right in this situation? Well, what is acceptable to God? So anytime you get to that crossroads, you say, I just want to do the right thing. Well, think, well, what would be acceptable to God? Yeah. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? <laughs> right? And look what it says here in Ephesians 5, 8, and 9. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness. Mm -hmm. Do y'all hear this? Mm -hmm. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness. Look what the new King James says here for Ephesians 5, 9. It says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not in, 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 in uh, Galatians uh, chapter five. This is here in Ephesians, mm-hmm. right? But it's telling us here that this light and this fruit is from God, it's from the spirit and his goodness and his righteousness. Amen. So living to the standard of God, creating or living Um, by the conditions that are acceptable to God is righteousness. And it's one of our new travelers of our heart that our hearts should be acceptable to God. And we have an example of this in David. And, and uh, there and just so you can tie this together, and, and there's another passage of scripture, I didn't put it on your paper, that, that refers to David as a prophet. Because mm-hmm. he said, look to them as examples, right? So look what it says here in 1 Samuel 26, 7 through 9. It says, so David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Let's stop here for a minute so we can get the context. If if, if David was on the run, Saul, who was the first king of Israel, was trying to kill David. And David was on the run. He was a fugitive from Saul Mm -hmm. and Saul was trying to kill David. And it was for no reason. So it was it was the wickedness in Saul's heart that led him to want to kill David. All right. And David here with one of his men, Abishai had an opportunity to end his fugitive life. Yeah. Because Saul is asleep and Saul has 3,000 men around him. (laughs) But David and Abishai get to him while he's asleep. Look how the text reads on. It says, Abner and the soldiers were lying around him, lying around Saul. Mm -hmm. Abishai said to David, today, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. Let's stop here. (laughs) One of David's men says, "Okay, David, we've been running all this time from Saul, but we are now standing over him and he's asleep. Mm -hmm. His spear is here. 
and we can take him out right now. And Abishai said, David, I'll do it for you. Yep. All right. And, and Abishai said, it ain't going to take more than one strike. I'm going to say, Abishai, I got you. I, say, I got you. I'm going to take him out with one strike. Yeah. I don't need a second one. Yeah. Yeah. Get the situation. So, again, David's on the run. He can end his running right now. He right can now. kill the man who's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. David, David can do that and he has a willing uh, follower yeah. who's willing to yeah. do the killing for yeah. him Amen. but look what happened though look what happened verse 9 but David said to Abishai don't destroy him who can lay hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless mm. David says, that is not acceptable to God. I know I'm on the run. Mm -hmm. I know this man is trying to kill me, but it is not acceptable for me to kill him. God doesn't accept that. I know uh, they're within certain circles. They would say my my activity is justified. But David said that does that's not going to be justified to God because it is God's rule that you don't touch the one he has anointed. And at that king, David, at that time, Saul was still the anointed king of Israel. Mm-hmm. And if David had killed him, he would have been guilty of going against the command of God. Amen. We really need to get this in our spirit. Because there are things that try to tell us to do something that's outside of God's will, but it is okay with the folks that's trying to tell us to do it. In that world, it's okay to do. In fact, it may even be legal to do, but that don't mean you do it. Because we live to God's standard. We're supposed to live righteously to God's standard. No one else's. Mm -hmm. And David had an opportunity to end it. And David exercised even uh, long suffering here too. David says, I rather continue to be on the run than to go against God's will. That's right. We really need to get this in our spirit. Yes, that's right. The best place to be is in God's will. That's the best place. Mm -hmm. The eighth traveler is truth. Truth. Mm -hmm. And simply put, truth is God's word. Yeah, that's our primary source of truth. God's word. Look what Ephesians 5, 9 said. We read it already, Mm -hmm. um, but it continues to say, for the fruit of the spirit is all God, goodness, righteousness and truth. Y'all see that it's Mm -hmm. goodness, righteousness and truth. And then uh, we see that that truth is a fruit of the spirit. We also see in John 17, 17. It says here, Jesus, this is Jesus praying in his high priestly prayer, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Mm -hmm. This is what Jesus is praying to the father. So God's word is truth. And God has made this a traveler of our hearts. Mm -hmm. And we got to know that. And we got to take some action. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wow. 
how much of God's word have you hidden in your heart so that you don't live according to another standard so that you don't sin against God. We need to hide God's word in our heart. Mm -hmm. This is part of the reason why we need to commit it to memory. In order to do that, you got to read it. And then to commit it to memory, you got to read it over and over again. And then you need to meditate on it so that it'll be committed to memory and in your heart. These are things that we got to do because we want these new travelers to dominate the old so that we can live a life that's pleasing to God. Amen. The ninth traveler is love. Mm -hmm. Love. And that is simply unconditional love. Love that it doesn't matter what you do or say. It does, it's not built on any, any conditions, but that is just love. And we see it mostly greatly demonstrated in John 3, 16, very familiar passage. We talked about this earlier in the series. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. And that is God's unconditional love. Amen. And this is what's in God's heart. And God is giving us a new heart so he can put what's in his heart in our heart. Amen. And it tells us here in 2 Timothy 2.22, flee the evil desires of, your youth, of youth and pursue righteousness. You see that again. Amen. Faith. We see that again and love mm -hmm. and peace along with those who are called, who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Mm -hmm. So the text is telling us that God has given us a new heart and we know that's a pure heart. If God's given it to us, it's a pure heart. Mm -hmm. And from that pure heart should come righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Amen. So love is a new traveler of our hearts, unconditional love. <clears throat> and then another traveler of our heart is joy, joy. And joy is independent of what happens or what is happening. I'm going to say that again. Joy is not dependent upon what happens or what is happening. Amen. OK, um, and, and, and look what it says here in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man. So you see, God has filled us with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that, we should be overflowing with joy, with peace, because of the Holy Spirit that God has filled us with. Amen. These are things that the fruit of the that, that is produced by the Spirit. So it's fruit of the Spirit, mm -hmm. joy and peace. And Paul gives us an example of this. In 2 Corinthians 7, 4, concerning himself, he says, great is my boldness of speech toward you. 
Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. So Paul declares this. He says, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through tribulations. Me and those who are walking together. But yet, even in the midst of my tribulations, in the midst of things not going well, I am still exceedingly joyful. Yeah. Somebody should say amen. amen. Paul says, I'm struggling. It's hard. I'm being persecuted, mistreated. The scripture tells us on several occasions how Paul was treated, left shipwrecked and beat down and left for dead. But Paul says, I still have exceeding joy, even though the things happen to me are painful, difficult, hurtful, dangerous. I'm still filled with exceeding joy. And that is a traveler of the heart that comes from the new heart that God gives. Y'all know that doesn't, you don't get that unless God gives it. You can't be joyful in the midst of struggles, especially what Paul was have went through without God giving you joy. Amen. So it's a new traveler that God has given us. And lastly, number 11 is peace. Peace. And peace is the cessation of war, the ceasing of war, particularly with God. It's being reconciled to God. It's that I'm not warring against God no longer. And God has made peace a traveler of our hearts. Amen. Look what it says in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we got we are, we are at peace with God when the old nature, which was doing things against God's word, against God's commands, against what God said was right. We're talking about lying and cheating and murder and adultery and idolatry. We went through the list of those things. That's the old nature. Those things were fighting against God. But now with our new heart, we are at peace with God. Amen. And we have these new travelers of our heart mm -hmm. that exemplifies peace. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 tells us more about that. It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Amen. So God has loved the world and loved us so much that he's not holding our sins against them because Christ paid the price for our sin. And he's reconciled us to him. And we don't have those sins against us no longer. So we're not fighting against him. We are at peace with him. And then he's given us the ministry to reconcile others to him. Ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And so peace is another traveler of our heart. And we are so thankful for that. 
You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. This is how powerful the devil is. The devil's able to blind the mind, okay? He's able to, to put barriers up in the mind so that folks who don't believe can't see or perceive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right, right. He's done some stuff that even when you present it to him, they, they just, they can't hear it. They can't see it. They can't perceive it. Right. He's real and he has power. Thank you for listening. 